0: Joseph Tasick of BarnBurner.ca, our twice daily podcast, and entitled Fired Up, now on iHeartRadio, also on 49, 49 platforms, welcome to another edition of the On The Mat Wrestling Show, featuring Aaron Stevens, formerly Damian Sandow of the WWE, also the Hall of Famer, Steve Carney of WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay, Florida, and Brad Shepard, we're gonna discuss all in that occurred saturday at uh, the sears center in chicago let's get to it this is probably the biggest independent show uh, ever aaron your thoughts of the whole concept of all in and why weren't you on on all in why wasn't i what excuse me why weren't you sorry, in why weren't you in oh. all in <laughs> oh that
1: would be because i'm out
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, um,
1: you know, I, I, I think we've discussed a little before how uh, when I decided to kind of walk away from the wrestling business, um, I'm a big fan of if you make a decision, stick by it and stick to it. Not that I will ever, um, you know, not return someday because you never know what the future holds. But, um, you know, for right now, I've got some other things going on and I just think it was um, prudent to kind of focus my attention on them and to let the current stars, um, let, let the people who are still involved in wrestling, um, you know, be at past, present or, you know, in this case, future, let them be at that event. Um, and, and we joke several times. If, um, if I hear about something, you know, it's big because, you know, my only connection to the wrestling business really is uh, you guys and, uh, you know, the occasional thing, which I just, like, you know my little Instagram up and running, and uh, so like something will pop up there, and, and I heard about this show, and um, you know I just think I, I didn't think I knew it was going to be groundbreaking, and it was an idea that, frankly, I'm very surprised no one has had uh, since, and you know to my understanding, um, Cody won the title, correct?
0: Yes, we'll get that. Yeah. We'll we'll get yeah. into that later. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, but I was going to say that that's great, that's amazing. Uh, but as we all know, wrestling's entertainment. Um, it's very cool to see him hold the same title that his dad did. But um, you know, through my eyes, um, understanding of what wrestling is, how uh, you know you never really win or lose a match. Um, I think it's important that we look at the bigger picture, and you know, Cody has always kind of you know been oh, it's Cody Rhodes, it's Dusty Rhodes' son, and him having the courage to leave WWE and go on his own and do his own thing. um, You have to give him credit. And for what he did, I mean, look at the magnitude of what he did. You know, if me here in little Aaron world slash Malibu land, um, you know, I've been in New Mexico for the last month, so that's been that. But, uh, you know, if if I'm hearing about what he's doing, um, the sheer magnitude of it and as a promoter, because Cody was the promoter and he put the thing together and he had his vision and he made it happen. and He capitalized on all the positive things that are going on in the industry today and made something great. Um, I don't think there is a better testament um, to his father and him learning from his father and and really being like his father than uh, what he just did it all in. Uh, And and you know what, having known Gusty the way I did, uh, and having kind of interacted with him and, and on, a, on a personal level to some degree, I feel pretty comfortable in saying this. I believe that there is nobody more proud of Cody and what he has accomplished than his father. That,
2: before I'd, agree, can- I'd agree with that. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, I have a question, uh, not yeah. so much about about the business itself, but the venue. You, you know, if you're in your time uh, on the road, uh, I'm sure that you work, that venue uh, in Rosemont uh, a ton. And I know that, you know, WWE has worked in that building, you know, almost since the beginning. I mean, they had WrestleMania 2 in, in in that same building. Was that the. Uh, uh, when you
1: what was the building? Was that like the former All State um... Arena? Or, um...
2: Yes, that is the, the Rosemont Horizon. Um, Oh, my God, that's, that's the building they're in? Yeah, that, I believe that was the building that they ran was, was Rosemont. Um, you know, but talk about that building and, and, like, you know, everybody talks about how great that building is to, to to work in. What makes that building so great?
1: Yeah, like, with me, you know, the other, And I, I'm kind of horrible um, when it comes to, you know, actual, like, the historical things and years and timelines and locations. Um, you know, I, I judge a building by the people in that building, and I just remember Chicago, they were always rowdy, they were always live, um, you know, even when I was the, the bad guy or the heel, uh, they they would always cheer me for some reason, but they, they kind of built what I was doing, so they're a smarter crowd, but they're also not jaded to the point where they can appreciate what's going on. They can appreciate good wrestling, they can appreciate good entertainment, and I think Chicago was the perfect venue because you know what it was was like it it was groundbreaking it was new it was exciting Uh, middle of the country so easy for everyone to get to fairly and um, I just remember the Chicago fans being able to appreciate what was good and now if it wasn't good you know there's maybe five towns um, that'll really let you know about it you know if, if Whatever you're doing, if you ain't doing something um, up to their standards, if you're in New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago, they're gonna let you know about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but the Chicago fans too, especially like where they're not as jaded uh, and they can appreciate what is going on. Um, that's it, it's really cool, and, and I um, I'm really really happy for everybody that was involved there.
0: All right, before we uh, we break down the uh, all in uh, pay-per-view cast, I'm going to ask Aaron, what were your thoughts on give me you had interaction with Dusty Rhodes, but what did Dusty tell you secretly or tell you or teach you as you took on in your wrestling career?
1: Uh yeah, remember the blue robe I had? Yep. <laughs> that was Dusty's idea. So, wow. I think um, that's that pretty much sums it up. Uh, I just I just do remember though, Dusty was always an advocate of mine, even going back to like 2004, 2005 when he just joined Creative. Um, he had his vision of what he wanted me to be, and, and I just remember it kind of being misconstrued when we get to WWE. I was like tag teaming with some guy, and um, Dusty in my Dusty always saw me as a star, and he, and he told me that. I'm not saying that to sound. Pretentious or anything, but I remember several conversations in his office. He's like, they just need to let you Go on TV and do your thing. He's like you you're not someone that they need to overthink uh, and He always was there when it counted I I will say that about Dusty um uh, you know when I was in SCW and um This was uh, given to me by a gentleman who is no longer there in an administrative position um, but he actually looked me in the eye and told me I was too bland and, um, I, I wasn't entertaining enough. And this was, I was still doing, I was doing the pink tights and, and the whole thing on the house shows already. So it's like, okay, number one, thanks for watching the project, you know, the product, you kind of work here. Uh, number two, when he said that to me, I just remember even dusty got kind of fired up. And he's like, okay, no more. And he just kind of took charge and, um, you know, next thing I knew, uh, I was getting a shot to be on TV. So, um, you know, whenever, whenever it counted, Gusty was there, and that is something I truly, truly appreciate. You know, more than words can say.
0: Wow. All right, we'll first start off with Brad Shepard. It was zero hour. We're going to start off the hour before the pay per view portion. SCU Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky defeating. Uh-huh the uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers in a non-title match. Brad, tell me what you thought.
3: Uh, You know, I didn't think this match really stood out. Uh, Nothing special. It went about 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, again, it just didn't stand out to me. I I mean, it was fine, but not necessarily uh, what you would consider a hot opener, in my opinion.
0: All right, uh, Steve, what did you think? You know,
2: I, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the Briscoes without the e more than I am the Briscoes with the E. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. This, there's a reason why this uh, this matchup was was put on the zero hour card. Yes, you get the um, you get the name recognition of Frankie Kazarian and, and Jay and Mark Briscoe, but uh, but this was I, you know this was a, almost a throwaway match in my opinion.
0: All right, let's get to, uh, Steve, you start us off here. Uh, the all-in battle royal, over-budget battle royal. What were your thoughts on the battle royal? You know,
2: yeah, the over-budget battle royal. What a, what I, that, is, that had to be, uh, that's got to be a Cody, that's Cody ribbon on everybody. Uh, if you ask me, <laughs> but uh, uh, I thought it was fantastic. Like I was, I was really intrigued. I liked the father-son uh, component with Billy Gunn and his son Austin both being a part of it. Uh, and then of course, uh, you knew that there was going to be some sort of swerve at the end. Billy uh, Wright thinking that uh, that he had won, and, and all of a sudden here comes the masked luchador uh, out to eliminate Billy and It turns out to be Flip Gordon. I thought it was great.
0: All right, uh, I just got to ask uh, Aaron, uh, Billy Gunn and his son, have you ever had interaction with his son, Austin Gunn?
1: Um, I have met him in passing, um, just really like high by. Um, Billy, I know a lot better. Um, and, you know, obviously that is a, a very proud father. And I just think it's so cool that, um, that he's getting to do that with his son. That, that's such a great thing. And um, it, it's just really cool to see. And by the way, was it actually called the Budget Battle Royal?
0: Yes, it was. Yes, it was, my friend. <laughs> yes, it was. What, what are your thoughts on that name, Aaron? That
1: has Cody written all over it, and I think that is awesome. And I, I... All all right. I actually want to go check out the show now. All right. I, I was
2: going to say, that is Cody ribbon everybody, is it not, Aaron? <laughs>
0: All right, Brad, your uh, your comments on the Battle Royal. Yeah,
3: I thought it was really fun. It was uh, one of the funnest moments of the night for me. I enjoyed it.
0: All right, now let's get to uh, the pay-per-view portion. Uh, Matt Cross defeating MJF. Uh, Brad, start us off.
3: Um, yeah, again, this was just, you know, kind of a throwaway match to me. Nothing really special i know
0: mjf is doing
3: this thing in mlw that's great but yeah, it just didn't stand out to me
0: all right steve yeah this
2: one this one was kind of interesting to me for for a couple of reasons number one you know i have i have a couple of friends who work in mlw now and to to get to see and uh mjf be a part of this uh card was pretty cool but with the with matt Crust, you know <clears throat> Uh, listening, listening to Riccoboni and to Excalibur uh, and to Don Callis uh, doing commentary, and they're like, "This guy has worked in the, ind- the Independence for twenty years," and I'm like, "I never heard of this guy." This guy might <laughs> like tied out in uh, in like uh, you know AIW, up in, you know, in the in the Midwest that, and do all the Midwest Independence. Because I had never heard of him before. I thought it was uh, I thought it wasn't a, an awful match, but there was a reason why it was the curtain jerker.
0: Yeah, it was a fun match. Let's put it that way. It was a fun match. Now, Aaron, uh, we we went backstage with Sean Mooney. Sean Mooney, tell me uh, uh, any that questions. Awesome. Uh, Sean Mooney, did he ever interview you, Aaron?
1: <laughs> no.
0: I mean, that was way before my time. And the last
1: time I heard him.
0: Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's last time I heard that name. um, He was a newscaster somewhere, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, he was. in Arizona.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, great. I mean, they brought him back in the mix. And that's the thing. Like, this wasn't just a show trying to replicate something that someone else has done on a much grander scale with a much grander budget and with years of kind of uh, the street cred. This is a brand new thing. This is a new
0: entity. Yeah, and uh, certainly they were you know, all. That, that... Go ahead. I mean,
1: like, God, I haven't had my interest peak like this in a long time. I mean, do I want to get back in the ring? No, but <laughs> it's just great to hear <laughs> something is uh, its happening, something new. You know, they're taking advantage of, of the global um, market that's out there for pro wrestling. And um, it's going what with, with the fans are in line with. And I think that's what made All In a success.
0: All right, the next match, Jerry Lynn refereed this match. Christopher Daniels defeating Stephen Amell. Uh, let, let me ask you, Aaron, first of all, did you have any interaction with Stephen Amell while he was uh, doing a number with Cody Rhodes back a couple of years ago at SummerSlam?
1: Uh, might have been a high and buy. I think that was a nice guy from what I remember.
0: Okay. Uh, Steve, what did you think of this bout?
2: I, I thought they did a really good job of hiding the fact that Stephen Amell only has like two or three uh, <laughs> matches, per se, uh, of experience. And he'd never wrestled one-on-one. Uh, I thought they, you know, putting him in there with Daniels. Daniels, uh, you know, has been doing this now for a quarter of a century. So he knows how to uh, accentuate any positives uh, and hide the negatives. Uh, which is what you want your veterans to be able to do with some of these guys who are very green. I thought the, the table spot with the, with bell the going from the top rope through the table was, was pretty impressive. And, and just to get Jerry Lennon in there and the Hounds uh, called the whole ref and show. Uh, I, I got that got a chuckle out of me. That I can't I can't deny that.
0: All right, Brad. I thought they did a
3: nice job, just like Steve said. Uh, Uh, protecting the elements they needed to it was good for what it was uh the van terminator spot was pretty cool i think uh you know a male as far as celebrity stepping in the ring is pretty athletic
0: all right Uh, don Callis, who was doing color commentating got a message from kenny omega so he had to step away but he was checking on uh, and steve you're gonna like this he was gonna he got actually a, a text from Patrick Liney about Winnipeg Jets uh, alumni game and all that. That's the real reason. Now the next match: Tessa Blanchard defeating Madison Rain, Britt Baker, and Chelsea Green. For me, Chelsea Green was the star of this match. Steve, what do you say? Yeah, i i I liked
2: the uh, i liked the character that she was that she was portraying. I loved that uh, Britt Baker came out to Adam Cole's old uh, Ring of Honor music, which 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 made me pop. Uh, and then uh, to see uh, what, uh, what Madison Rain has done over the last couple of months, uh, going from competing in Women of Honor for the Women of Honor Championship uh, with, uh, with Impact to the Mae Young Classic. Uh, but Tessa Blanchard, I-, I think that was really uh, one of the real highlights of the night. She walked out with her father, Tony Blanchard, and her stepfather, Magnum C.A., with her. Uh, you had a feeling when that happened. That you knew that she was going to end up going over in this match. Uh it was kind of the ending kind of confounded me. It was kind of. Convoluted, you know, they did they did they make the. Uh, the stop or, or,
0: you know, was it supposed to end that way?
2: Uh, you know, it turns out it was, they probably were lucky that they did end it that way. Uh,
0: yeah, and then all 4 ladies had an embrace Brad. What did you think?
3: Uh, you know, four talented performers and a good match. Uh, I, I think Tessa winning was the right move, but yeah, it's just four, uh, for really talented performers.
0: All right. This, uh, went on early, should have been, could have been the main event. Cody Rhodes taking on Nick Aldis for the NWA world title DDP Tommy Dreamer. Cody's dog was there. Uh, basically Jeff Jarrett, Sean Davari were in, uh, All this corner, Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner Aaron was the referee. All right. Uh, This uh, had a lot of pomp and circumstance. Uh, Let's talk about, Brad, you start us off here. What did you think of this boat?
3: Well, it was interesting how this was the, uh, originally believed to be the main event, ended up not being the main event. Uh, We would learn of the timing issues throughout the show. And Cody Rhodes getting the big win, winning the NWA World Championship like his father did. Uh, I remember when that happened myself. Uh, you know, there's also the criticism that, look, he promoted the show and won the world title. And that's a valid point, too. So uh, I thought the match was good. And, uh, you know, um, it delivered exactly what it needed to.
0: All right, Steve.
2: So I, You missed out on maybe the, the biggest uh, cameo pr- uh appearance of the night is Ray Lloyd, yes Glacier
0: yeah. was in the
2: camp of of, uh, of Cody Rhodes. Try account. to
0: forget that. Try uh, to can't, forget that.
2: Yeah, can't, can't forget that Glacier was was uh there with him. And the only thing that the only problem that I had with this entire match was the, the blade spot. Uh you know, with Cody putting his head underneath uh the uh the timekeeper's table which had a uh, which had a table skirt on it, so he could keep his head out of uh, out of view while he did the blade. And then he cut himself way too large. Uh, I think I think he went a little bit overboard with the with the blade spot. Uh, I thought that that was tough. and then having to use both DDP and Davari to kind of fill the time while he did the while he did the blade spot. I think was a little much. But otherwise, it was a good match.
0: All right, now Aaron, I'm gonna ask you: When you were growing up to start uh, your wrestling career, did you always want to be like NWA or technically? Yeah, team yeah, team. We're, we're back yeah, back on. yeah, we're back on. So uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to know if you always grew up with NWA t- world title mm-hmm. aspirations, or as, as it's WWE or WCW.
1: Um, I was always more of a WWE guy or WWF guy. Let me rephrase that. Um, uh, although I do still support the wild, uh, yes, the uh, wildlife fund or something like that. What is yeah, yeah. We're all, world, world, world. I, like, yes. I, right. I, I I am a supporter of the World Wildlife Federation. <coughs> <Yeah. laughs> Please excuse me, I do have a little bit of a cold. Um, I apologize. It's the uh, okay. I haven't been on an airplane in a while, I've been flying through the air, so I think my immune system got a little uh, bit of a shock, so to speak. But, anyways, back to, um, you know, with uh, the WWF versus the NWA, I thought, um, you know, WWF was the only real company that there was until I think I was about like maybe second or third grade. And all of a sudden one Saturday morning I saw it was Sting and uh, and Ric Flair. And I kind of went, who's that? So, no, as a, uh, as a child, I was more of a WWF guy.
0: All right. Now uh, let's get to uh, the next match. And, Steve, you start us up here. It's a Chicago street fight. Hang my page with uh, Joey Janela and uh, Penelope Ford. All right. Now let's talk about, I I want Aaron's thoughts about this. By the way, Aaron's thoughts, you could check him out on Twitter and the Aaron Falls on Instagram. But Steve, uh, I don't know how to say it. So maybe you could say what happened during this match. Well, uh, you know, with
2: the Chicago Street Fight, you know that almost anything goes, and anything almost did go uh, when it comes to uh, this fight between Joey Janela and uh, and Hangman Page with the the spots on the floor, and then uh, you know even Penelope Ford getting involved and, and taking uh, a pretty brutal spot from Hangman Page. Uh, you know, he did not uh, he did not hold back when it came, when it comes to a big rough spot. Uh, Inter, intergender wise, but I think that the uh, what you might be referring to were the uh, about half a dozen or so giant phalluses that that showed up on, on the uh, on the on the ramp, and all of a sudden the return of Joey Ryan, who uh, you know, in the uh, in the whole storyline that it uh, with uh, with Ring of Honor and and then through some of the uh, and New Japan and some of these independents. That uh, that Hangman Page had actually killed uh, Joey Ryan, but Joey Ryan returned with the phalluses and and beat up Hangman Page. Uh, you know this was this was a really good match. I'm not so I'm not always sold on the the, the Chicago Street Fight matches, but and and especially when you start getting you know women involved in it, I'm, I'm kind of not okay with that. Uh, even though it is storyline and you know it's it's just like if it was. You know, a, a television that uh, the violence is uh, is still real. It's, uh, even the, even if it is choreographed, uh, I I just you know I was rather uh, entertained with it.
0: All right, Brad. Uh,
3: well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I pretty much hated it. Just uh, <laughs> <with laughs> being very honest. <laughs> you know, which, part, being which part? Which part
0: did you hate, Brad? Did you hate the? Uh, the Joey Ryan part, put it that way, or did you hate the total matches?
3: I I think overall I wasn't a fan of anything. I mean I I just thought this you know Joey Janela works a very destructive style that you know does a lot of unnecessary harm to his body, and uh, you know they they just absolutely killed each other with everything possible, kicking out at two. It it's pretty much everything I hate about pro wrestling. Uh, you know the the Complete lack of believability in the context of the story. I mean, it just wasn't there. So I wasn't a fan of that at all. Uh, but, yeah, you know, then they bring out Joey Ryan and the, the Druid of Dicks. And, uh, you know, they carry... They and-
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Say that word again. Say that word wait, again, John.
1: Like, wait, is, is, this, is this phone connection bad? Is it, and, and <laughs> a what a what?
3: This was literally... The Undertaker comes out with his druids. Well, apparently, Joey Ryan has his, the druids of dicks, <laughs> or the druids of fluids. I don't know how you want to put it. <laughs> so, at, and a,
1: giant but, phalluses. at a family wrestling show, there was, phallus yeah, 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 walking around. Mm-hmm. Like, what like, were they, yeah, like, guys?
2: Wait a minute. Yeah, it was I, basically I giant right now. giant phallic costume there and it was uh um yeah, it, let, let's just say that that would definitely take it out of the uh TV, <laughs> TV range that uh that yeah. Did him, and the, yeah, keep
1: Dear God, and you know what? There's a reason that I wasn't all in I said it
0: was
1: a- <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> they were joking at the show.
2: Ooh.
0: Now, that that leads us, ooh, yeah, never mind, to our next match here. Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, defending the Ring of Honor world title up against Flip Gordon. Uh, let me ask Aaron, first of all, any interaction with uh, Jay Lethal throughout your career? Um, I think I did meet him once. And from what I recall, it was very pleasant.
1: And um, that was it.
0: All right, now uh, Steve. Uh, I
1: haven't heard a bad thing about him. I know we have uh, you know some mutual friends and everything, and they've all said uh, you know what a great guy he is, and and yeah, one of those guys I've never heard anything bad about.
0: All right, Steve, uh, what did you think of him coming out with Lanny Poffel to uh, Macho Man's robe and attire? Yeah, you know,
2: I I wish that they had gone with uh, you know the the Jay Lethal that's been doing Ring of Honor for the last. You know, four years, four or five years, that hasn't had to go to the to the silly black machismo gimmick. Uh, you know, as much as I like Lanny, uh, and and I know that the Popo family is okay with uh, with Jay Lethal doing uh, the gimmick. I I just think that Jay Lethal is so much better as the the world's greatest first generation wrestler. That that gimmick I think is worth so well it helped them get to the ring of honor title and then to do the black, the cheese, gimmick just for it being all in, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was really that worth it. I was not really impressed with this, uh, with this uh, match.
0: All right. Uh, Brad, what did you think?
3: Yeah, I agree with Steve. I thought it was a letdown and you have a, a natural story being told there with flip Gordon and ROH and Jay lethal. And they pushed that aside to do the old mega powers deal. And, you know, that just missed the mark for me.
0: All right, what didn't miss the mark was the next match. This was uh simply phenomenal. Kenny Omega defeating Penta El Zero, uh El Zero. Uh no medo. no matter. Uh, Steve, let's talk about this one. Yeah, I I'm I I'm, I'm a huge Pentagon Jr. fan and
2: and of course I love I love watching Kenny Omega uh work and this was to me the best match of the night. Uh, I thought that uh, you know, you've got a couple of guys that are uh, really, really athletic. That really do a lot of uh, good in ring work. They can be technical when they need to be. They can get uh, rough. Uh, you know, Penta can go to the air, and Kenny does a really good job in uh, in selling high spots as well. So I, I really loved this match. And then, of course, you had uh, and, and we'll get to it uh, after we talk about the match itself. But the at the after match. Aftermath, I thought, was uh, just as good.
0: Yeah, before we touch on that, I want I want uh, Brad's thoughts about the match and then the big surprise of the evening. Uh, good Canadian boy, eh? So, uh, Brad, what did you think of this match?
3: Well, I know it was definitely one of the most anticipated matches on the card. And it delivered. I mean, it was a good match. It, it didn't blow me away, but it was certainly a good match. And, uh, you yeah, know, it was definitely one of the matches the fans wanted to see most.
0: All right, the the big surprise, Chris Jericho coming out. Chris Jericho, who says he will not compete in the U.S. if it's not WWE. Well, throw that through the window. Chris Jericho coming out with the Pentagon mask. Chris Jericho doing a number once again to Kenny Omega. Uh, Chris Jericho shows up in Chicago, then takes a flight to Kansas City to do his Fozzie tour. This guy, I'm going to say this. He's simply amazing, the greatest, the GOAT, just because he's Canadian. Aaron, your thoughts about Chris Jericho? First of all, um, on a personal level, Chris is great, has always been nothing
1: but helpful, complimentary. And uh, I do not have a bad word to say about him as a human being. Uh, Get that out of the way. I think he's one of the coolest people ever. Um, And I also think that if you look at the grand scheme of things and an overall performance uh, in terms of what a a character or a person is um, is able to do there is not a better performer than Chris Jericho I mean he's done everything from world title to comedy skits he's been the butt of the jokes he's dished out some awesome jokes um, every time you see Chris you know uh, quality will not be an issue um, because he also brings everyone up that he's in the ring with and um, The thing about Chris, he is able to evolve with the times. You know what I mean? You can, like, this kind of gradual transformation into what he is today. Um, He managed to keep himself relevant, to keep the essence of who Chris Jericho is, but at the same time evolve. I think not a lot of uh, performers were able to do that. And um, him being involved in this, it does. It puts, like, a stamp on it uh, how this really was a very special event.
0: All right, Steve, what do you think? By the way, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Hold on, Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Chris Jericho has texted me right now. He's saying, uh, by the way, Aaron, thank you for that uh, great comments. By the way, you can reach Aaron at, at the Aaron Files, the Aaron Files, and Aaron's thoughts on Twitter. Aaron's thoughts, Aaron Files on Instagram. That, According to Chris Jericho, that's the text I received. Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. <laughs> and no, Yeah, Chris.
1: Yeah, and and you yeah, really like so.
2: yeah. and, and, and and nor nor should there, uh, you know, should compliments like that be taken lightly? Because you know, I have always uh, admired, and I and I'm not saying this just because he's on the on the show here with us, but I've always enjoyed Aaron's work, and and Chris Jericho, I've I've had an opportunity to meet uh, a number of times, be just from being in the proximity here in Tampa. Of course, he's in town here a lot. Um, And I just think that, you know, Chris Jericho and and Aaron put it so perfectly about the evolution. You know, guys can can get into a uh, a character and then the character will get stale and you don't know how to make that character evolve. And he's done a great job from the Y2J when he first came over from WCW and then coming back, uh, uh, you know, each time it seems like he's able to do something different and, and able to to make the tweaks necessary to go from being, you know, a guy in his late to late 20s or early 30s when he first came over to WWE from WCW to a guy now in his mid 40s that can't do some of the spots that he used to do, but can still be just an an amazing entertainer, a fantastic worker. And I'm really excited, uh, you know, he's, he's the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Uh, I want to see what he's going to do next, whether uh, that's uh, whether that's in Japan or here in the States or, uh, you know, go back out on tour with Fozzie. He always makes me want more
0: of him on, uh, when he works. All right, Brad, your thoughts?
3: Well, it's just Chris Jericho doing Chris Jericho things. I mean – as you guys said, he's reinvented himself time and time again. I think he's the consummate professional and performer, uh, you know, and just what he's able to do, he's, he's a self-promoter. Uh, he really, and it's funny because he's always been great, but about the past decade-ish uh, where he's kind of been semi-part-time, that has really been so phenomenal, and it's really, in my opinion, solidified his legacy in the business as one of the absolute all-time greats.
0: Now, uh, before we get to the next match, uh, Steve and Brad, I, I want to get your thoughts about Jericho now since he showed up and all in. Does he show up on Ring of Honor? Does he show up? They've been teasing him in Toronto uh, on Impact Wrestling, showing up at Impact Wrestling. Steve, let's get to you first. Well, I think that
2: you've, you've seen uh, Austin Aries show up on, uh, on Ring of Honor television uh, with the... Uh, with the Impact Wrestling belts, it would not surprise me uh, to see Chris Jericho, especially with his close connection with with Don Callis, uh, that they, you know, they that New Japan is always looking for new ways to try and branch into the United States market. They've done it with these uh, with these shows out in California and, and with the work that they've done with uh, Ring of Honor. It wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Chris Jericho. In Impact Wrestling as the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, working uh, a limited schedule, you know, coming in for an angle and then coming out. Uh, it's almost like uh, back in the day and uh, when when the territories were around where you would see guys come in, you know, Andre the Giant or ASAC's Calhoun or some of these you know, big guys that come in for these big shows and all of a sudden, here they are, and and they they come in for a big show. They work an angle, and then they go, and then they and then they leave, and you see them uh, again like a, a year later.
0: Do you know when, what it
2: is? If I may interrupt. Go ahead.
1: What you guys just said, um, some kind of just resonated with me. How the the territory system is almost right now the only. Thing that can compete with Vince McMahon to where the one thing Vince shut down in order to take over everything. You know, um, there have been companies that have had some money and some good TV time that couldn't really compete. But there's the concept competing with the entity of the WWE. The concept is territory. The concept is you really don't know who's going to show up. Chris Jericho, you know, is going to TNA, Um, showing up with a different belt on it. That in and of itself is generating the interest and where global platforms are actually expanding now, you know, with the internet and all these other shows and and channels, the territory system could be really Vince's biggest competition going into the future because that's something he can't fight and he can't control. And if, if there's enough people that understand business and the different companies willing to work with each other, I think in ten years we could really see some uh, some pretty exciting stuff in the business. That's my prediction.
0: Well, that's it. Notice that's a, I
1: said could, so it kind of justified if it doesn't happen. It just, that's, that,
0: happen. That, that's a great point, Aaron. Because let let me ask you something: If WWE comes back to approach you, would you come back to WWE, or maybe let's say Ring of Honor or, or Impact Wrestling approaches you um, again, where would you go? Absolutely.
1: As of today, right now, I would simply say no. I mean, because no matter what company I go to, if my heart's not in something, I ain't going to give them that. Because trust me, especially now, uh, my price is not going to be very low. (laughs) um, (laughs) But, you know, if if you pay the price to see me, whether it's an autograph signing or whether it's, you know, a pay-per-view match, like if I cannot give you absolutely everything I have, I'm not going to do that, not only because of you know the whole oh I feel guilty thing, but because of it reflects poorly on me as a performer. Mm-hmm. If I'm not out there 100% into something, I ain't going to do it. Um, if Amen. they approach me and I was curious about getting back in the business, then I would sit down and talk and see what can be done. I mean, it's some good pieces of television and business can be done. Who knows, you know? Uh, but it's all relative. Um, but I, I just do think, again, it's interesting now with with the web that these companies are forming. And actually uniting, I mean it's kind of like a union happening, believe it or not, in a weird way. I mean that's like there's lunch breaks during matches, but it's um, you know people working together on a united front to create some cool buzz and cool competition. So I'm, I may start watching again. How's that? I'll give you guys that.
0: Well, well, you're wow. doing sh- well. You're doing a show. You better start watching. or yeah. or, 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 or else Brad Shepard will be grilling you. Come on. <laughs> 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 all right so next match is okada defeating marty scroll uh brad your thoughts
3: i you know i thought this was fine uh, obviously okada is uh, one of the big stars for this fan base and as is Marty girl you know i i thought the match was just fine it didn't really stand out to me as something overly great but it was just fine for me
0: all right steve yeah,
2: for me, I, I'm a big Okada guy. Uh I really like Okada. But the the thing about an Okada match is that you know that everything is gonna be held for the last whatever it is, two minutes or five minutes, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the pace slows down in the middle of an Okada match and all of a sudden as they get ready to go home, it really starts to pick up and you start seeing like some crazy stuff happening. Like you can tell when when the Okada match is about to end, because they're, all of a sudden it's like boom, 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 boom. There we go, and, and it was this, this. was textbook Okada. I think it really did a good job for Marty School being a smaller guy, uh, being able to work with somebody of Okada's size. I think it really. Uh, I think it did. I think he did well to show off that he could do that.
0: All right, the final match, and quickly, guys. We got three seconds to spare. The Young Bucks. Nick and Matt Jackson and Obushi defeating Rey Mysterio, Felix and Bandito again. Steve, start us off, but you got to be quick. We got three seconds before he closes it off. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah, that and, and the the uh, the or the reference Joe is making is afterwards. Uh, the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega and Cody were discussing how that they basically had to wrap that sh- uh, that match So quickly they had to try and get all of their spots in. It was basically one long hot tag, uh, trying to get all the spots in uh, before they could uh, before they could go home. And they did. They they got the pinfall in three seconds before the pay per view went off the air. Uh, And you know it reminds me of the story. And and Paul Heyman uh, will tell this story uh, when it comes to ECW's first pay per view, barely legal back in 1997 at the uh at the ECW arena the bingo hall in, in South Philadelphia where uh they're doing the they've got the final uh match going on it's a three way dance with Sandman or I'm I'm sorry with uh with Sabu and uh Terry Funk and Stevie Richards is in this one for some uh <laughs> I I think as well and Todd Gordon is running around the, the ring as the, as the match is going on, going you got thirty seconds before we go up here. They, they they do the finish. The uh, Funk wins. They raise Terry's arms in celebration. The the feed goes off the air, and like literally five seconds later, the transformer blows. The building goes black. Uh, that's exactly what I thought of at the end of All that.
0: All right, uh, Brad, what did you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, it was a very quick match. It was supposed to be about 28 minutes. Obviously, it went way, way, way shorter due to time constraints. It actually reminded me of WCW, uh, Halloween Havoc 1998 in the infamous Goldberg versus DDP title match. Uh, And towards the the go home of the match, they actually went off the air, uh, which was just crazy. So it, it reminded me of that a little bit. At least they got the finish in. But obviously, it was very rushed, and frankly, it was a very long show. So I'm sure people were ready to uh, get out of there anyway. So it was fine.
0: All right, Aaron, uh, as we're going to close this off, I'm going to start with you. Do you think there's going to be an all-in, two?
1: Without a doubt.
0: All right. Steve?
2: Oh, you, you know how, uh, uh, how your mother told you never to say never? I will tell you that there will never not be an all-in, two. How about that?
0: All right, and how big is, will, will the arena be? If they sold out 10,000 in about 30 minutes, are they going for a 20,000-seat arena? I,
2: I mean, you might as well. There are there are a lot more 20,000-seat arenas uh, than uh, uh, than 10,000-seat arenas. I I certainly think that uh, you know you look at all of the NBA, NHL uh, arenas around the country. I'm sure they would all love to stack it for one night of uh, great professional wrestling. All
0: right, I, I just got. I'm going to call out Cody Rhodes, the new NWA champion. Cody, if you want to sell out twenty thousand people at any arena in thirty minutes, you got to have Aaron Stevens on. Yes, formerly Damon Sandow. You could reach him wow. at at the Aaron dot. <laughs> Aaron's thoughts and uh, the Aaron files, right, Aaron? Tell them how they could reach you again. Call out Cody Rhodes. Congratulations. Congratulations, Cody Rhodes.
1: Yeah, and again, a big congrats to Cody. And if he he has anything to say to me, he can call me. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, I don't think I have to. No, no, call me. uh, I'm a new
0: agent. I'm a new agent. uh, Come on. No,
1: I mean, honestly, um, congratulations to Cody. Uh, congratulations to um, the, the Young Bucks. Like, anyone who was involved in that and putting that on had the, um, the vision, the wherewithal, and the tenacity to do it. Uh, on top of everything, you know, the, how the business is changing, um, I'm, my, my interest is peaked. Again, I don't have any desire to come back or do anything, but it just seems like wrestling's getting kind of cool again. And that is what it's all about. Uh, that, in my opinion, is what makes... Um, you know, true competition, and uh, as we know, competition only creates a better product. So, uh, big hats off and congrats to everyone and all in. Uh, again, I know there's probably nobody more proud of Cody than his father, and um, and yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to see where the business goes after this. So, what were we saying originally? Oh yes, if you need to reach me, uh, that is Twitter at Aaron's Thoughts, and that's Aaron A R O N, and Instagram the Aaron Files, and that's about it.
0: All right, Brad Shepard, tell everybody how they can reach you and tell everybody your favorite moment of all in.
3: Uh, the end. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, probably the uh, the Battle Royal was my favorite part. Uh, the, that was uh, pretty cool. It was something different. So, yeah, I would go with that. And uh, you can reach me on Twitter at the Brad Shepherd, Shepard, S H E P A R D. Email me at barnburner. Brad at barnburner.ca. I'll get it right this time. And of course, follow
0: all of my work on barnburner.ca. All right. The Hall of Famer, Steve Carney of WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay, Florida. What was your favorite moment and how can people get a hold of you? Uh,
2: My favorite moment was watching Cody celebrate in the ring after winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship almost 39 years to the day after his father won his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm hoping there's an all in too, mostly because of the whole star cast thing that went on uh through the week before all in. And uh hopefully next time we can get Aaron into one of those autograph sessions so we can make a couple of extra bucks and, and, and have another <laughs> chance uh come and see <laughs> us as well. I think that's the big plus. Forget about getting back in the ring. Let's get you let's let's get Aaron a couple of extra bucks. Uh, to do an autograph session man that would be that would be perfect for me
0: by the uh, way by the way Steve by the way Steve, I'm gonna ask you if you would do an autograph session, how much would you charge?
2: I would have to pay people to take my autograph like, put it all right that way. <laughs> All
0: right uh, Brad Brad, do you know where I'm going here? you know where I'm going here Tell uh, Aaron and tell Steve what a famous uh, wrestling journalist charged people
3: uh 40 to 140 dollars to get dave Meltzer's
1: autograph
2: wow he's got he's got to keep the pen
1: <laughs> <Wow>.
2: <laughs> and that's all
1: i'll he say got, about that
2: he's got, he's got moves named after him i don't have any moves named after me i can't i still have to i still have to pay people to take my autograph but you can follow me on twitter at Steve Carney, and check me out here on 620 WDAE in Tampa, which, again, if you're not in the Tampa Bay market, listen to both live and on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, guys. A great edition of the On The Mat Wrestling Show. Once again, to reach Aaron, it's Aaron's Thoughts and the Aaron Files on Instagram. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.
1: So-